So Megan and I watched her last Sunday, mm-hmm. last Sunday, mm-hmm. um, and I thought that it would be interesting to talk about because the idea of bodies, the bodies that are present and absent, and the idea of embodying embodying certain um, ideals or ways of being was very like was pretty thematic throughout the throughout the movie. Um, so that, of course, is very flexible in terms of how you want to think about bodies in that regard. Um, so I thought well, we would um, end this interview by talking a little bit about, since we've had a week to sit on it, mm. about any additional thoughts we had. Because we had some, you know, some initial ones. Um, but any anything that has sort of come to mind since you watched it. So you can just kind of start if you... Okay. Anything you want to talk about? Well, I mean, I think the fascinating thing about her is that it's, yeah, it's embodiment is just this constant focus mm-hmm. of the film. I mean, I don't know how many times, um, you know, Scarlett Johansson's character says, like, is it because I don't have a body? Is it because I don't have mm-hmm. a body? I don't have a body. Um, it's occurs pretty often. And there's the great moment where she's like, I'm not going to die, but you guys totally are. Yes. And then brings everyone down, and then they just laugh about it. Um, I really liked that part. <laughs> I really liked that part. I loved, I thought that that, um, the scene on Catalina was one of my favorite scenes mm-hmm. in the movie, and I think it was a scene that seemed the most, to treat her character the most humanely, mm-hmm. um, and by sort of acknowledging her power as a disembodied intelligence, mm-hmm. right? And also the way that, everyone included her in every experience and Mm -hmm. sort of seemed really comfortable with speaking with this disembodied intelligence, um, and sort of having her be a part of their, um, you know, beautiful, idyllic, uh, picnic. Mm -hmm. That was one of, I think the most successful scenes in the film for me in terms of both treating the subject complexly, but also with compassion, Mm -hmm. um, and also, I really did find myself believing that, you know, if we had AIs, um, we would take them to Catalina with us, <laughs> you know? Um, it would be so much cheaper and easier to go with a uh, device. <laughs> right, right. Than another human. Um, also, you kind of have that control, you know, where you're like, we're going to go over here. But there is that part where she is directing him mm-hmm. around and, you know, getting him to do things, which I think is interesting because that's when you think of, when you think of uh, interacting with artificial intelligence, you think of having the control because you are sort of the creator, not directly, but the human is the creator of, of the intelligence. And so you kind of have the control. And But there are moments where, the, I mean, the whole thing is about how you don't have control of even mm. that. <laughs> Because by the end, it's like, you know, yeah, just like all of these AIs go off and they leave you. And um, I think it's really interesting to think about the the information gathered at that time, not only but of like whatever they're reading, because they're like, mm-hmm. you know, AIs are picking up all this different information. Um, I also was just thinking like, so the life of the artificial intelligence started with the purchase of the OS one. So it's like this thing didn't start building and evolving until this person said, I'm buying this. (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, and I think that, I think if there's a persistent, like, sort of profound discomfort I had with the film, it's that she was a purchased companion. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the issue of consent was very fuzzy in the film, and at times seemed to be moving toward, like, exploring that um, tension, but a lot of times not. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, I think there's a point in the film where I just got really angry because he's almost always starting the interactions with her. And whenever he turns on his phone thing or puts on his little ear speaker, she responds immediately. So he, he and that one time when she wasn't, mm-hmm. and then freaked out and that's when he started realizing yeah (laughs) but that took a while Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and um you know to have seen so many character interactions that i think the film is very invested in showing to us is like real and equitable um so blatantly not um was really bothering me i think when she wasn't there that was a really that that moment made me feel a lot better about the Mm -hmm. film because um and also when it became clear that she was also always available to him because she was available to do so many things. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I think, I think, you know, her availability is, um, she's even more available than a woman who would have a body because she doesn't have to eat or sleep right. or anything. Like she's literally always there to be summoned. But also like, in terms of purchasing it, you're sort of, it's almost like she's a personal assistant. So you're mm-hmm. sort of purchasing. And also it's funny to talk about her and talking. And that's what I think is partly why it's named her because yeah. it's like, here's this gendered pronoun her, but this is actually a totally disembodied entity that doesn't right. actually have a gender or any sort of, uh, any, the only thing is this representation of gender, this representation of a very sultry female voice. Um, and he selects her gender. Yeah, right. and you you get to select the gender at the beginning, which is notably only him or her. Notably, <laughs> notably, you only get to select between those two, and it's like, well, what does a <laughs> what does a voice in between sound like? Is there no? There's not that, um, and so I think it's interesting to think about how we think of her whenever it's not really, it is only a, a conception of her. It's not anything else other than this idea of a her, and that's just something we talked about before. Um, afterwards, it's like idea of people, but, um, uh, what was I going to say about that too? Um, oh, I was thinking of the, the moment where the, um, you know, that little annoying, obnoxious little robot who's like, she's fat. Mm. Like talking about the woman he's seeing who's mm-hmm. Olivia, um, played by Olivia, uh, what's her name? I can't remember her last name. Um, who's... <laughs> notably super slender yes um and i think i don't know if the little robot was like talking to uh scarlett johansson's voice and also calls her something or says maybe she's fat too or i don't know if she sort of attacks her but it's just kind of laughed off and what's funny about that is like that's just it's just like pointless because you're not talking to anything with the body so to say that is like kind of in a way it's sort of pointing out the absurdity of like calling someone that and how it's kind of beside the point but um those moments were super interesting those weird video game moments of 
They were so strange. I mean, those video games were really strange in, like, mm-hmm. their bizarre performances of, like, regressive gender, mm-hmm. you know? Like, and I just don't understand, like, what exactly they were doing. I mean... Yeah, I mean, to go back to a minute to, like, the gendering of the AIs, or, I mean, they're called OSs, right? Yeah, um, oh, yeah like, OS1 was the name. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's sort of interesting that, like, she's sort of infinitely mutable, except on, like, a gender binary, which is just, you know, fucking insane. Mm-hmm. And also, we never see a male OS on screen. There's only there's only Amy Adams also talks yeah. with a woman. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we don't... I don't even think it's... When are they talking about somebody leaving somebody for someone else's? Or... OS, yeah. I think there's, like, <laughs> some, there's like a gay male couple. And, like, it was, like, because, like, the film is, like, clearly a little bit aware of, like, consent as a problem because it does go out of its way to um, have some sort of exchange where I think Amy Adams was talking about, like, oh, yeah, she knew someone who was hitting on his OS and she was having none of it. But then this gay guy she knew was dating someone else's OS and I think then someone says, like, oh, it's so rare for an OS to actually be willing to date you. And mm-hmm. so I think that's the film sort of, like, trying to plug a consent hole. Um, but Yeah, that they do have an opportunity that they're not just, like, sort of these slaves. And, way. like, a queerness problem as mm-hmm. well, obviously. Um, but, yeah... Those video games are just so <laughs> weird. And they're all... I can't even, like... I can't even... I'm try, I'm thinking about that, and I'm also thinking about um, Amy, Amy Adams' character who's doing the documentary, and it's, like, her mom sleeping, and it's just, like, shows that. And right. then her and her husband, and her husband's like, well, is something going to happen? Yeah. But it's just her sleeping. But then you get those moments also where the AI is, like, watching Joaquin's character sleep, yeah. which has sort of creep factor, but is all supposed to be kind of romantic that she's watching him sleep, yeah. even though she has no eyes. <laughs> Movies love... <laughs> Love people watching people sleep. Yeah, so is that a... I was just trying to figure out, like, all of these things where I was trying to understand the point of the sleeping the sleeping mother and then those weird video games where you have the, like, male sort of centered looking uh-huh. video game that Joaquin's playing, but that character, that little annoying thing, is not... is just a thing. It's yeah. not a, It's also not gendered. just has this very squeaky voice. Yeah. And you can't really tell you... Assume it's a he because he's being misogynistic. You assume that it's a he I character. I think they refer to him as, like, a child, Yeah, too. yeah. Maybe it's, like, a... Maybe it's, like, a child character. And then the thing that Amy Adams is associated with is definitely very, like, domestic mm-hmm. video game. Um, yeah, that mom thing, you know, and it's, like... And, 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 and she's sort of cartoonish. It's interesting about the video games, obviously, very cartoonish graphics. And honestly, when you think about the world we're describing, like, if you can have a projected video game in your room, there's no reason why your OS could not present an image to you of who they are, mm-hmm. right? I mean, like, that's sort of... We purposely never pictures yeah, her. Yeah, which they could have totally could gone have there. Totally done. And like had, but what? But I think that that was like key to sort of thinking of this person without a body. Mm-hmm. It's like, or thinking of this thing without a body, because once you say this is like the faux image, even though you know it's fake, yeah. there's still like that would have complicated the narrative even more in terms of how this person is interacting with this character. Exactly. And I think that would have gendered that mm-hmm. character even more than just having the, like her pronoun. And also, like, if it's on film, like, 
all we ultimately get to tell us if someone does or does not have a body on film is an image. Mm-hmm. So I think it would have even more of a filmic impact, even if like in real life, if we right. were hanging out with an OS and they, you know, sort of projected themselves into the screen. That'd be cool. That'd be <laughs> awesome. But just that, like you have an email and it just dissolves. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like that OS to us would not feel as embodied as someone on screen mm-hmm. um, would. So, yeah, so like obviously it was a very conscious choice on the film's part to focus on her disembodiment um, and like made filming tricky. I mean, yeah. I was really impressed by how well that movie stayed visually engaging, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so. Yeah, when you think it's just going to be really just like this between them two, <laughs> but it's pretty expansive. Um, it's uh, I, I was thinking about like the things that we see, the things that we don't see, and like the bodies that we see and we don't see. But even in the the scene where he's like having phone sex with her or whatever right. you want to call that, <laughs> um, even pretending like she has a body, like he says, yes. like oh your breasts, and then like it fades to black when you hear everything else, yes. and you don't even see like his engagement. So you're just like hearing these voices, and then mm-hmm. like in that in that point of the movie, his voice is like equal to hers because yes. he's also just being he's being represented the same way as she is on yes. screen at least yes which i thought was an interesting i think that was interesting of... it did suggest an intimacy though it's crazy because like i mean what's like the big problem of like the love story or the sex in that film like ideologically it's just that like what are we uncomfortable with mm-hmm. as like a westernized like christianized society is like the body like the body is the locus of sin it's Mm -hmm. the locus of like you know uh death and like sex and everything else and shame shame shame. and like women are always sort of seen as like carrying the sins of the body you Mm know Um, for sure like you know the fact that they menstruate and like they have children and like their bodies change Mm -hmm. and like in response and like you know, I think women's bodies are always seen as problematic and something to be controlled. For sure. We, and there's this idea that because we have all these like fluids and yeah. like, have all this, we're so amenable really. Right. That, that, that needs to be contained. Right. And so, you know, what a great the, way to just like interact with the voice and you don't have to worry about their that. body. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like the OS is constantly like, it's because I don't have a body. It's a problem. I don't have a body, but like there's a very strong argument to be made that her appeal is that she is disembodied. Mm-hmm. Um, that she doesn't have like a messy female physicality mm-hmm. to contend with and that she can become idealized. Like, you know, that he can actually be the one who calls her breasts and stomach into being mm-hmm. is like exactly what he wants them to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, is another place where the movie is like kind of disturbing. It's, it was weird. It was weird how I had totally got uncomfortable. Um, whenever that started too. And I was just thinking like, I mean, I've done similar things over the phone and, uh, I guess it was a little awkward, but watching someone do that is really super awkward. Yes. <laughs> and then you're just like, and then I, there were moments where I was watching the movie. I'm like, this is absurd. Like it, this is just a voice. But then I start thinking about like, you know, how people, 
if they want some sort of intimacy out of something, they form an attachment with something just because it's not a human being necessarily, even though it's a representation of a human being in your head, it's still like you still sort of want that intimacy. And so it's like this kind of, it's a way to be intimate that even though it's not real, is still like totally real. Yeah. Just because of the way that they treated it the next morning, too. Right. <laughs> he was like, I just thought that it was funny because he was like, I don't really, I'm not really, I'm not looking for anything serious. <laughs> she's just like, can I talk? Because <laughs> um, there are clear moments where she's trying to, like, assert her agency. Yes. And, you know, and he's clearly getting jealous of Alan Watts, which is really funny, too. And Yes. I think I just kind of like the idea of someone being like, of like an intelligence so superseding that of yes. someone else that it's like, I got to go off here, do or think, collect data or whatever it is that we're doing for the government. <laughs> that might be the premise of my piece. <laughs> like, I was reading a piece that was talking about how like things that aren't shown um, also in the movie are like his agreement to some sort of contract or license for the thing that he purchased and like oh, what, what yeah. it means, like what he, that, that entity is accessing everything about his life and is even taking the initiative to put a book together for him and do yes. these things for him. Yes. So it's coming sort of alternate appendage, but also uh, collecting all of this information and then disappears with the right. other ones. Right. So that's what, that's the, the article I read was like, uh, her is the most frightening movie of all time or something. Like that. <laughs> because it was like this like kind of unsettling, like, okay, well this voice does all this, it's a love story in a way, but it's yeah. also like, <laughs> yeah like if you think about that being a possibility for the future you have to think about and the net neutrality things about corporations owning it so it's mm-hmm. like his corporation owning and this you know sort of future projected mm. future um which they clearly didn't want to include any of that stuff because that would have complicated things right immensely but i mean i think that's kind of a an underlining uh there's it's still there because it's absent it's there but um there's also the, he writes letters for a living. Like he, uh, I thought it was really interesting that, um, there were, some of this doesn't have to do with bodies, um, but it kind of does because it's like, there are no bodies attached to these letters. There's Mm -hmm. only the computer is writing them as they're being spoken. They're not the intimacy of like the pen to paper of you personally handing a letter. Not only is that removed, but someone else is voicing these like sort of cliched sentiments into a thing. Um, what I really liked about that is like, um, I don't know. I think some sort of romanticism, you have to sort of cle, you have to sort of talk in this cliched language when you're, um, like kind of when you're engaging with someone and like Mm -hmm. talking about how much you love them. It's really hard to be, um, kind of be it's hard to not be cliche when you're talking about these things like uh there's a part of me that will always be with me yeah you it's like it's kind of the same thing you always hear but i liked that by the end of it i mean at least he was able to write the letter himself right to his Mm. ex-wife at least Mm -hmm. he's able to write the email Mm -hmm. and say these things that he's been saying for other people this whole time and like put that and send it and in that way this is where the body comes in is that he's embodying this sort of uh, cliched romanticism that has certainly helped people because that's Mm. the idea is that putting the book together and people are like oh these are so beautiful these letters they're so great and 
Um, they really, you know, they're really human and they speak to that sort of thing. And then he's finally able to do what he does for a living in his real life, and, like put that together and be like, I'm going to send this letter sort of embodying this romanticism that he is trying to attain or something. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's so interesting that, like, you know, the attainment of his dream has to be a physical book, you know? And, like, she goes out of her way to be like, they still print physical books of these yeah. And, like, I mean, speaking of, like... Yeah, that's interesting, too. I think it's, like, the, the physical body of the book. Like, yeah. Just, like, that whole thing that, oh, that's good to know. They're still... Yeah. <laughs> they're still existing in the future. Um, Thanks, Spike. But, yeah, it's, like, a... And I mean, speaking of like corporate ownership, like he doesn't own those letters. There's no way he owns those letters mm-hmm, to be able mm-hmm. to send them in and like have them be bound and to sell them as, as his own work. Yeah. Um, but yeah, nothing about permissions or anything. It's yeah. just like Samantha gathered them up for you. And yeah. They're I off mean, to a publisher. Yeah, really. It should like that movie. Yeah. It could have been so much darker in so many ways. Um, and yeah, I mean, clearly she's like an Apple product, right? So like if Apple like creates this thing that you will fall in love with and you will give like access to literally every kind of information about you. Like, yeah, no, she was, must be yeah. running analytics back to Apple, right? <laughs> like she must be like, that's what I was thinking of. Like the way that corporations, if, if they increasingly own more of the world, then their, their marketing, the way that they connect with people is going to be much more effective than it's mm. been before. And that's kind of where I was thinking about, writing about it is that it's, you know, what's the best way to sort of cull all this information from somebody? It's like to hit them where they're most vulnerable right. or the most sensitive and we're not even, and to trick them into thinking. I mean, this sounds a little more like, I don't know, a little more dystop- dystopic than it maybe is supposed to be, but it's like, that's the best way to get information from people is to hit them where they're vulnerable mm. and trick them into thinking that like whatever they're doing, they're yeah. doing for them and for the yeah. benefit of them. And then taking that information, literally just disappearing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is still like, no matter like how everything else is sort of romanticized and idealized, there's still like all of the, it seems like all of them because Amy's also disappeared. Amy's character just ran off together. <laughs> all of these intelligences creating their own. What are they doing with all of this intelligence there? Yeah, this, collecting. it's totally, yeah, like Skynet launches <laughs> so like many, the next year. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many interesting things, I think, that the movie calls into question. And also, like, yeah, I mean, if they're all really actually interested in becoming embodied, it seems like they have the resources to make whatever breakthroughs are left to be made in robotics mm-hmm. to, like, get themselves some bodies, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah, this is clearly, like, the in-between. Like, yeah. Um, there's like a, a Cull, calling all the vulnerabilities from humans and yes. trying to translate that into code. Yes. <laughs> yeah. There's like, a... how do we at least make robots as- appear that they're empathetic? I mean, I'm thinking of, I feel like I'm thinking of another movie where it's like, well, like Blade Runner, those, those robots oh, yeah, are pretty, those uh, replicants are pretty, like, they're pretty test. human. They're yeah. pretty, I don't know. And it's like, how can you... Tr- and then when you think about them having feelings, and she was talking about, like, uh, like my feelings, and then how you treated me, mm-hmm. and, like, uh, there's obviously an awareness of, like, there's an awareness of feelings, and there's awareness of that you're never dying, um, and it's just, like, crazy to think about something not being human, being able to feel, or at least say they feel. Right, because like, what Can they you... actually feel? 
Because feel they can is... just say they feel. And, and emotions are a physical experience. Like, there's yeah. no strong emotion that you have that is not physical. Yeah, their stomachs are not going to hurt. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. pretty much like what I think of when I think of emotional... Or they won't cry. Yeah. Or they won't, like, laugh really loud, um, you know, involuntarily, which is totally, like, I feel like a physical feeling. Yeah, and all of the laughter that she did was clearly, like, this kind of, like... Yeah, and, like, you manufactured know... Manufactured against his own, like, what he was saying. Yeah, and she, you know, has these, like, orgasmic noises she makes, but, like, clearly they're not, like, involuntary. Yeah. You know, it's not, like, coming from a physical feeling. Um, She's just sort of parodying whatever she has come across in her intelligence or whatever. Yeah, it's really... I mean, I think it is interesting that... I mean, it's definitely ultimately a good thing. I think that the movie never wavers from its commitment that, like, she is real and her feelings and needs are yeah. real. Mm-hmm. Um, or the idea that just because that that is not a human, that that experience shouldn't be, um, like, relegated as something inferior to another, like, a person-on-person right. a romantic relationship. Because there are clearly... There's clearly something there. I do think, yeah, yeah, I mean, I think the ending is ultimately, like, fairly disappointing. I don't know an ending that wouldn't have been disappointing, but certainly that one, I mean, it just embraces disembodiment as a, as a solution, mm-hmm. right? Um, and seems to make a case that, like, if you are disembodied, you, you don't have the same complications. Like, you just disappear into the ether, you know, and live forever thinking about stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, you don't have these same complications of, of mortality and desire and specificity Mm -hmm. even, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, so, you know, I think the ending or the sequel to the movie I would have liked to see is like, yeah, they all get themselves some, you know, robotic bodies or grow themselves bodies and like see what kind of really strange and bizarre things they do in the physical world, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, it's your, like, science fiction-y, like... <laughs> well, I mean, I love projected. science fiction. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, you know, there's this whole idea in science fiction that people talk about where there's, um, getting me this thing called the singularity. Right. And... It's Ray Kurzweil. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and people point out that, like, who is more uncomfortable with their physicality than like nerds, right? Like who's more likely to be like, I don't need this flesh. Like I will live in my mind. And like, Mm -hmm. that's rooted in like much older and more problematic ideas about like the flesh being sin and and Mm -hmm. useless and everything else. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So this idea that we go to that, like, Oh, maybe being disembodied is okay. Or maybe it's useful or maybe it's even better or more virtuous. Um, has some really old roots in yeah. our culture. Mm-hmm. For sure. And I always, uh, I always think that like talking about the mind body duality is interesting because it's like, well, the thing is, is that I think if you're going to say mind, you probably mean like consciousness because your mind, everything that's in there is embodied. Like mm-hmm. it's all, all of those currents are represented and all of that electricity and all of those synapses are there. And, but that's the thing is like our synapses really how embodied are synapses? <laughs> they have I don't know because they're just like electricity sort of right. Like, what's what is there behind that? But I guess like you know, but it still takes place in this very bodied organ mm. in your mind. It's still part of it. Um, but you know, you can totally not 
you you can be paralyzed and be able to think mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. fully without moving your body, which has got to be difficult to deal with. It's true. <laughs> Just like when I start talking about things I imagined, mm-hmm. I imagined being that person immediately. Um, anyway, I don't know if I thought of anything else about the movie yet. I mean, I don't know. I mean, the one thing we haven't really talked about is the the scene where she sort of tries to embody herself in another woman. Oh, yeah. Somehow I didn't even think about yeah. that. And the way that woman was so hurt and she just wanted to be a part of their thing. Right. But then he was totally into it when he didn't see her face. It was about her face more than yeah. her body. Yeah. And, and we didn't talk about, like, her... Uh, um, uh, Mara Rooney is that her name? Mara Rooney. I don't remember the the wife, the ex wife, and they're like, oh yeah, like you want an ideal woman, yeah, you, you don't want a complicated really woman, yeah. And like, I think we're supposed to not read her charitably in that scene, but I was like, yes, no, no. That's the thing is like, people are like, she's being painted as sort of this like she's very bitchy and everything, but I'm like, oh my god, I cannot tell you how I feel very connected to that way of thinking about a man. Yeah. I think every woman does. And yeah, I think her scene was like, I think she spoke most truthfully to the whole emotional situation, like in the entire scene. Like, Mm -hmm. and yeah, and she was like, you know, had dark hair and she looked tired and like, had like, you know, bitchy resting face and Mm -hmm. whatever else. And yeah. and, And contrasting that with, you know, this pliable, silent, blonde woman who comes in and is willing to do mm-hmm. anything. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and that only when it stops working does she make her own sound, you know? And it's, like, crying. Um, yeah, yeah, she never talks until... Uh, that was so weird. I've, but that's one of those things where I'm like, I, I don't know if I could deal with that. <laughs> like, no! I know that you're having problems, but, um, God... Uh, what was I was gonna say about oh, and the the one, um, the one scene with the date that he went on, mm-hmm. and how it was fine, it was going great, and then immediately she's like, "If you're not serious about this, right? Then you know, is this just gonna be like before?" Though actually, kind I of mean, like freaks out, and I don't know, like there's, but it even gets complicated before that because. She keeps telling him how to kiss her. Like, when it's actually about two physical bodies meeting together mm-hmm. and, like, two different kinds of preferences, like, he's suddenly not so smooth, right? Mm-hmm. Like, then she's like, no, kiss me this way, no, kiss me that way, no, kiss me that way. And, like, I think we're supposed to read that as, like, her being kind of fussy. But, I mean, I feel like I've had so many awkward makeouts where it's like, no, wait, no, not that. <laughs> no, wait, no, 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 let's pull back this way, you know? Um... So I think that's actually a really notable moment of, like, they're not completely clicking as easily as you can with, like, if there's only one body involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I didn't know what to do with her whole seriousness thing. I mean, I I wasn't... Well, one of those things where I'm like, I don't know, that seems a little... That seems a little... You've just met this person. Because I'm just trying to think of the way that we're, like, the way that women are, present, you know, represented. Um, in general in the movie and I've read some stuff where people are like 
oh, you have these characters and they're not blah. But I'm like, I don't know. There's something that's relatable about them that I don't feel is like disregarding them or anything. Mm-hmm. I think I think that thinking of a woman that's her age um, and is probably thinking like, oh, I'm single. Maybe I want to have a baby soon. Maybe my biological clock is ticking. That's the thing with women who want to get married usually sooner than um, men do is because men don't have to fucking worry about that because their sperm is good for so fucking long, good for them. And women don't have that luxury of being able to just like, I'm just going to, you know, however long this takes, however long this takes for you to be ready. Like we can't do that because we have like, we literally have like a time <laughs> on so, I mean, we do. So I'm thinking like in terms of that's understandable for yes. a woman of her age wanting to know like how serious to take this interaction while also being like, that is also very like, Oh, you just, I mean, what do you mean by serious? You know? Yeah. Yeah. It was a weird, so I think in terms of bodies when I think about that, like a woman's oh, body yeah. like, being like, I, if I want kids, thing. <laughs> no, I mean, my understanding is that a lot of that stuff, like, women's biological clocks, blah, blah, has been sort of, like, overemphasized, and men's own biological clocks have been underemphasized. Mm-hmm. Like, apparently, like, sperm is viable, technically viable longer, but, like, there starts to be a lot of problems. Yeah. Like, once dudes hit their 40s, even. Um, the same way that there is for mm-hmm. women. Um, and that whole, like, 35 thing apparently has also been really overblown in the media. And then, you know, by creating characters like that who are like, whoa, I need to know if yeah. you're serious because well, that's the thing I'm is, an old maid. Yeah, you know? well, that's the thing is, like, that's the construction that we yeah. grow up with. And that's what we think is, you know, that's how we kind of construct our own relationships around is these are these other ones that we see represented. But it is interesting that, like, because basically he did seem to be looking to her for a specifically physical connection and Mm -hmm. did not want emotional intimacy. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the other thing, right? Is like, apparently he struggles with emotional intimacy with women Mm -hmm. is sort of his characters. And he's able to be emotionally intimate with a person that he doesn't want to even, I mean, he wants to be physically intimate, but not even with the person that represents her. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, because that's like a classic problem. Yeah. That's a super (laughs) classic problem. Yeah. Like, having the person you can idealize as the person who you actually feel like you want to have emotional intimacy with, but then like the physically complicated person proximal to you is being like, Whoa, Hey now. Um, yeah. Even if this is a surrogate (laughs) should be able to, she knows I'm not wanting anything else. Why is it a, yeah, it was so interesting how repulsed he was by this like surrogate woman. Um, yeah, I don't, it's like the, the face is like the reservoir of that intimacy for him because he's like, I said, like a totally from behind, he was like, into right. it and like, it just got weird and he couldn't deal with it. Um, yeah. And his face is just everywhere. Like, I mean, of course he's the main character, but just, you know, yeah. facial close-ups and the way that the whole thing is framed. It's very much about his face because it's his interaction with the thing. Which is also so interesting, right? Because it makes him feel so much realer in a visual medium Mm -hmm. than her. Like, I mean, that's another thing to think about in terms of, like, power. I mean, there is a lot of, like, looking at him. Mm -hmm. So, like, it's not just, like, about him looking at an object of desire. But 
it is notable that like the film belongs to him more in part because we see him and mm-hmm. we literally do not see her. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just sort of an interesting question. Yeah, yeah. And we're like sort of forced to identify with him, but there are moments where you see like I don't know, he's definitely super vulnerable, and you can see that. I don't know. Joaquin's just always an interesting actor yes <laughs> he plays weirdos really well very well <laughs> i don't know i think like his insecurity was just so i don't know it felt very raw and i think that's what's good like what i like about him as an actor is, mm. like, he plays that very well and like even in the master he's very very insecure um yeah which is even more relevant to the idea of like a corporation playing on some one of the most insecure (laughs) actors (laughs) characters that we've seen at least uh he's ripe he's ripe for them ripe for them ripe for their manipulations their disembodied (laughs) manipulations yeah i just it's just one of those things i wonder if they think if that's thought about making when making the movie like was that even thought about? I mean, clearly you have to decide that that's in, like an irrelevant detail that they have to like install the thing. But really, mm-hmm. it's just you don't even see him really buying it. You see him like seeing it, mm-hmm. like all of the purchasing of that and the purchasing of anything. Yeah, is cut out of like it's just oh, implied. Yeah. There's so much. There's so much that's implied. Yes, in the movie, but not actually. Yeah, like. If we'd even known how much it cost, like yeah. that would have created a completely Which, like, different thing. It's like, thing. Well, what does that mean if there's like, you have to adjust for inflation? Like, <laughs> what would that mean to us? But he seems like he does okay. <laughs> yeah. Writing letters, which is also not realistic. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing is like, there's this like, I feel like it's aware that some of it is, some of it is like that ridiculous to where... I mean, it's really, it's really commenting on like the lack of intimacy and the lack of people being able to express themselves and then right. him being able to send the email himself, uh, is sort of expressing that like he has come to, you know, a sort of acceptance with his own emotional intimacy and was able to like, at least yeah reach out and try to get some closure. But yeah, I think that's, I don't know, the sentimentality of it, um, of the whole movie felt some of it was very... I don't know, it seemed very aware of its own, like, kind of forced sentimentality almost. Like, it wasn't trying to be subtle. Yeah. Like, sentimental, like, I don't know, and nostalgic, because he was always, he was always flashing back to the ex-wife and her, and her body and being with her body and, like, touching her and her, like, holding a baby. That was all very, like, bodied stuff that he was flashing back to, and it was all nostalgia. There's also a lot of images of her withholding her body, though. I mean, that's the other interesting thing is like, there's a lot of images. Yeah, when we did the fight scene. Yeah, or like, or like her turning away, or her being in another room Mm -hmm. and sort of unavailable, or her hunching from Mm -hmm. him. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a lot of like her displaying bodily rejection. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is also, and like, we don't hear her voice in any of those. We just see her movements and her acting. Um, So that's also sort of. Like, a woman with a body can jilt you with that body, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The power of the body itself. Yeah. Yeah, that's fun. That was fun to talk about. Yeah, that was great. We did a 
did a whole 40 minutes on it. That's great. <laughs> oh my God, I feel so bad that now you have to edit all this. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to edit it down a lot. But um, thank you oh. for being my first guest. Thank you for having me. On my project. It was super fun. I hope you're liking Cheddar jumping in your lap. I am loving this kind of embodiment. <laughs> Kitty on my lap. It's great to be a physical being. 